regard me in the paint, I'm an artist See, I hustle on the flow, call me Rick Ross See the truth, get it, jumping like a tip-off I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle I'm a player, but my game be so official Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Troop. We're in the thick of it. We're basketball in February. That means a lot's happening, including 1A and 2A pairings that are be coming out this week. So we're excited. Looking forward to that. One more week before we get into 3A and 4A, we'll touch on where we're at with those rankings. I uh, got all the guys with me. I don't have my guy Adam with me, so I can't find out how um, little youth basketball went this weekend. Hopefully uh, he gets feeling better. I don't know if Larson, hopefully he's not just passing around to all of us <laughs> virtually, virtually sending us the virtual bug yeah. through the, the group text or something. But um, he's not he's not feeling the best, so he won't be with us. But I got everybody else. Um, we're ready to talk some basketball, ready to get into this and uh, talk rankings yeah. and figure out where everybody's going to be at. But uh, before we do, we always start with Coach's Corner. Got to hear a little bit from our, our two coaches in the room, Coach Larson, Coach Betts. We're going to continue our building culture series in which that today we're going to talk about building culture with the players. So this is kind of oftentimes what you think about when you're talking about building culture, uh, the players that you have in your room. Um, Obviously, that also includes the support staff, your staff, the managers, everybody. But how those people that show up every night to go to practice and travel with you, how do you better build a culture, a winning culture? Um, in a program for any young coaches out there that are just getting going? Uh, first of all, I, I think that player culture, it doesn't start on uh, November 15th. You know, play, building player culture starts in the off season. It, uh, I said, when I look back at some of my best memories as a coach, uh, they were in the summer sitting behind the steering wheel of a van, taking kids to, you know, down to Ralston to play in a summer tournament or over to Urbandale to spend three days there playing in a tournament. And, that, I think that's where you really get to know the kids and they get to know you a little bit outside of that, uh, you know, the grind of the season. And so I think that's where it starts. Um, it's not, it's not a, uh, just from November 15th to the end of March, but I also think that when you're, you're building player culture, it's making sure that you uh, recognize the value that every kid brings to your team. And that uh, a lot of times that falls on us as coaches to, to communicate that, but I think one of the most rewarding things that I always saw during the season was when I, I'd always pick a practice and say, you know, we, we draw a name out of a hat and I'd always say, you know, uh, whatever name you drew out is that player. I want you to tell the rest of the team what that kid brings to what, what does he bring to the team? And, you know, and that's where you really find out where, you know, the players see that, you know, Steven, you know, he's not, maybe not the best player, but he guards Zach every day in practice and makes his life miserable or, you know, he always makes the locker room light or he's the communicator, he's the glue guy, whatever it is. And so I think that's, uh, you know, just a couple ideas that, um, you know, whether you as a coach, you've got to recognize what that value is. But when, when it comes from the other players, I think that means even as much or more than what the coach says, because it's pretty off, usually becomes across pretty authentic. I was just going to say one last thing we always did, especially when you get to the, the tournament time, is we always had our scout team. Uh, you know, they took on the identity of that team we were going to play. And so, you know, they would wear the purple of MOC that week at practice and they'd identify and they, they dress up their, you know, they dress up t-shirts and one kid would be, you know, Van Callsbeek or whoever, you know, the star player was, and they took real ownership of that. And you let them kind of do whatever they want. I mean, the, the kids love it because you let them shoot any shot that that kid gets to shoot. And, 
and uh, it makes it fun. So I just different things like that can really build up so that everybody has fun. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think one of the things that you have to do is make sure that you do create a, an atmosphere and environment where it is still fun, right? Um, I, th- I was just talking to a coach today about this, that I, I think the expectations on kids from home and through social media are higher than they've been ever in, in high school sports. And a lot of times how these high school kids uh, deal with that is they pretend like it doesn't bother them, act like they're too cool for it. Deep down as a coach, I always felt like I never took that answer. No matter what they were showing me, I treated it as if inside they were feeling a little bit. And so I think that was the platform for me in terms of building that is how can I keep it fun and then how can we create a, a, a mutually respective relationship? And um, I, I don't know, two things that really worked for me um, that, that I just think are different ideas. You know, we could sit and talk to her blue in the face about, you know, all, all the different things that you can do individually. But two things that, that we kind of changed as I went along in my career that I thought really helped were one, um, and I maybe I've talked about this before, but uh, Billy Donovan, actually, when he was at Florida, has this great little series of discussions about captains. And so we did not have captains. We had leaders, uh, senior leaders, and then kind of similar to what Coach Betts was talking about. What those leaders would do is they pick the leader for that particular game. And uh, so when you were the leader of that night, one, the 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 senior leaders, which would be more like your prototypical captains, they would tell everyone why they think you're an important part of the team. Then it'd be their, your job on game night to kind of speak to your to your kids. And uh, I just believe so much in that because it's, it's total body. One of the things Billy Donovan and, and Brad uh, uh, Stevens also has some talk about this. And one of the things that they always talk about with it is as soon as you sign one person or two people as captains, it takes ownership away from 12 other guys because then they're like, well, it's the captain's job to do that. And um, that, that was just one thing we tried to get away from. And the same thing, I think we held the same standards in terms of expectations, like enthusiasm and attitude and all those things, whether it was, and I always talk with great pride about Bowen Bourne because everybody knows him really well. But one of the things that I think everybody also said is when he was out of the game, he was the biggest cheerleader on the bench. And, and that was one of the things that we tried to establish. And it's, you know, it's easy when you have really great people. And, and you know, both Coach Betts and I have been blessed with that for, for, you know, for 30, 25, 30 years. But when you when that's your culture is you got to establish that in practice. You got to establish that in the summertime that no one, regardless of how talented they are, is better or above anybody else in your in your team coach go ahead i was just gonna when you're done i was gonna say one of the biggest mistakes i ever made as a coach was probably my second or third year as a head coach i would you know and again we, we were having success we had a lot of kids try out we had to we had to make cuts and i cut this kid his name was stephen keel i've since actually done a presentation uh because i've gone back and i didn't realize when i was cutting him that yes he was not maybe one of the 15 best basketball players in our program but what I didn't realize at the time was what he was going to bring to our locker room and to our practices. And it was exact, exactly what we missed 
that season uh, because I knew the kid from the classroom. I knew what he did on the sophomore team, those kind of things. He was just that kid that could, you know, knew when to get practice light, knew how to communicate with the coach on behalf of the rest of the guys. And so I've actually um, had a couple presentations where I've said, don't cut your Stephen Keel. You, I mean, mm-hmm. who's who's going to be that guy that is diving on the floor for loose ball when that practice is going south to get that energy back up? And uh, I cut him is a, you know, when he was a junior and um, he's since forgiven me, <laughs> but we talk a lot about, we talk a lot about it when I see him, because I didn't realize the important, the importance as a young coach of having that guy in your locker room or on your bench that wasn't expecting playing time, but wanted to be there and brought everything else that maybe the best kid or the most talented kid didn't bring. Yeah. I think that's, and that goes huge in a culture don't pick your best, you know, you don't always just pick the 15 most talented kids. Everyone's got to serve a different role and make sure, keep that at the forefront. I love that. And that kind of feeds right into the second thing I was going to say uh, in terms of, you know, and I, and let's see this as lineal, but like I read of, you know, like individual awards for our team. So there's no team MVP. There's no Mr. Hustle. There's no, I did my first couple of years. And, and what I, what I started feeling was, it became more about who didn't get picked than who did get picked. And if you have a culture where you expect everybody to hustle, you have expect everybody to have a great attitude, then let's not, you know, let's not try and single out one person because one day it might be one person, another day it might be another person. And then people kind of get pigeonholed into, oh, I'm the hustle guy or, you know, and uh, or I'm the energy, energy guy. And, and so we tried to, to kind of go away from that. The big thing that I always found, though, we, we so so how I changed it was if you played and you got to your senior year, that's who we honored at our banquet. And, we, and that's who got awards was the people who made it through to their senior year. And so we had senior awards. And, and I'll tell you, the most tearful speeches I gave are those guys that, that never got to play. And, and so when you go back to the parents and I've had parents since then come up to me and go, I have no idea what you did to that kid because I was so pissed at you all the time, but my kid <laughs> loves you. And I, I swear to God, that's happened multiple times with kids. And it's genuine when I get up there and talk about them because those are the most special kids to you. The ones who you're not giving like that external thing, like playing time or, or anything, but they're just with you because they believe in the group. And, um, those are, are really special, special things. But I'm going to tell you, you know, it's easy for us to sit there and tell you. If you're a young coach out there, it is hard work. And my advice to you is you treat every person in your program like it's your own son. And you think about it, if that were my own son, how would I want him being treated? And if you can, I'm not saying that any of us are perfect, but if you can try, you're going to have a really good career with that. That's great. That is uh, absolute wonderful insight. Um, and thought from both of you guys. We definitely appreciate it. I think that that's something that can be taken for granted sometimes and maybe overlooked. And so, and, and like you said too, there's a lot of trial and error with that too. It's you figure out what works, what works for you, what works for your community, your program too. And so kind of finding your way through that, but being open, I think to change and being able to pivot and adapt is always kind of the best way. Doug? Coach Larson, you said you subbed out Bowen. I 
want to know when that what game that was. <laughs> I don't, I don't I, when we were winning by a lot at the end of the games he would be on the bench can i tell you uh i i know coach jacobson was here one night and that's actually what his comment was to me after the game because i was amazed to watch him on the bench cheering on all the guys who didn't get in he goes it's just he's genuine isn't he and i was like absolutely he is and and brian to add add to your point I think be creative though, and don't be shy to try different things. Cause you're, you're right. When you say um, everybody, you're going to, everybody's personality is different, but that's a huge part of a high school coach's role. And so be thoughtful of it. And then also just try to be creative in, in how you do things. I think it's one of the greatest things recently. I, I see all sorts of guys doing just awesome work in this culture realm. Um, I would say in the last five, 10 years. A few more blueprints out there that you can use, adapt, ask questions, all the all that stuff that goes into it. And, and like I said, be able to kind of pick and choose and what works for you and uh, your system and your personality, too. So that's that's great. I appreciate uh, appreciate that from both of you guys. Good insight. Um, with that, we, let's move to a, a listener question and, and talking with the listener, um, wanted to know what our thoughts and takes are on live stream. Obviously, we watch a lot, a lot of live stream um, games for whatever reason, whether uh, multiple games in a night or you know, went to one, got to catch it up. Another, obviously, you guys with the ranking committees going back and watching some games. I know you do a lot of, uh, of stuff through the huddle and some other film services. But the question is, what was the role or what are the expectations of broadcasters on these live streams? When you guys flip on a live stream, obviously, oftentimes it's the home feed. And so I know some of them loop in the radio guy, which is great. That seems to work really well, too. Some of them, it would appear that maybe there's a class or something going on. Um, And then some, I assume, volunteers or somebody that wants to maybe get into it. Uh, broadcasting at some juncture or just loves the game or wants to be involved or um, who's ever left over. It just, uh, sometimes it just kind of depends, but we watch a lot. So what are some of your guys' takes, thoughts, feelings, um, and what have you seen along the journey of this now phenomenon that we have in live streaming? Uh, Personally, I like when they are homers. I I just think it's funny when they um, favor their, their home team. And especially when it's a couple students, I think those are great. They're trying to learn and maybe they throw out a boom goes the dynamite uh, <laughs> once in a while. They got to, and they have some catchphrases, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see any problem with it. Um, I know the Pella one does the local radio guys are on that, but uh, I think more entertaining is when they have the students on there personally, that's, that's what I prefer. Yeah. I, I enjoy having the students on there. You know, it gives a little, a little different flair to the to the broadcast. Um, all I want really though is just to know who scored each basket, which is easier said than done sometimes. But when I'm sitting at home <laughs> trying to to keep a scorebook and take notes on on the game, all I want to know is who scored, and that's sometimes not simple for them. What a, uh, so what about um, catching you up? too so perfect example was was it the newton game that uh down big this past friday and you flip over and you catch the fourth quarter and now all of a sudden it's tied you think it's something that they should 
at least be able to say, hey, you know, at one point this was a 22-point lead. Like, what, do you, what are your guys' expectations from kind of catching people up who flip over? Or at that point, are they just so into the game? Like you said, Tony, sometimes it's just trying to catch a name and a number on who that basket went in, or you just kind of roll with the punches. It would be great to to be able to do that. But, you know, not all these students aren't, aren't Jim Nance out there calling 40 Final Fours. So we'll take anything we can get, and it's something that they'll just kind of learn learn to do as they keep doing it hopefully so we got a couple radio guys with us here tom chris what uh what have you learned from time calling games uh that maybe maybe would help and then what are some of your expectations with the streams first of all i love when high school kids are doing this because it's no different to me than officiating is we got to get more young people involved in this kind of stuff uh that you know so that their passion you know develop a passion I was talking to one of my video guys the other day uh, that I had when he was a freshman at Helan, and uh, he didn't know squat about basketball, him and his buddy. And they, uh, but I recruited him because I always try to get those freshmen that way you get them for four years. And he was telling me how, you know, he says, you know, as a freshman, I did, I was just trying to figure out the camera. And by the time I was a senior, I actually understood basketball, you know, and it was, it was always entered. That was kind of fun listening to those guys because, you know, they you could listen to those guys when you're scouting and it's no different than watching these kids uh young kids do the game yeah you can you can see they're they're maybe not comfortable but in in a couple of years they're going to be doing it for a local radio station and and that's going to you know so i think it's awesome i will tell you this one of the biggest challenges uh in doing radio it's not doing the competitive games those are great we all love to do the the five point high energy packed house game it's the one where it's a girls game and one team's up 60 to seven. And I mean, and you're trying to be as nice as you can and point out something that's, <laughs> boy, I tell you what, what a great offensive set that team just ran to get their ninth point of the game. And I mean, you're trying to be, you know, it's, tr- it's all about treating all the kids with respect. Cause I, I've heard, you know, I've, I've seen the other side of that. And I think when you're doing, especially when you're doing high school games, you just treat everybody with respect and try to bring out, find those moments where you can celebrate every kid. I, I think what I care about is that people, that they have people who respect the game. And um, like, like you said, Tony, that, that they can, can can explain kind of a little bit of what's going on. Like, I agree with you, Brian. I don't, I, I love it. I prefer it if it's a kid. I think sometimes when it's a kid and adult, it's really nice. The one thing, and this is going to probably just age me a little bit, like, I just like it when it's kids that are trying to do a good job with it and not just be balls about it. And you know what I mean? And um, I've been blessed to have some kids kind of like what Tom said, you know, that that have just wanted that love the game, but weren't quite as good of players. And so they, they love to do some of that stuff. And so for three years, our broadcast streams were two kids that were absolutely awesome at it. Um, but I, that's just what I like to hear personally is anybody's different take on the game. And sometimes that's a community member. You know, it's interesting. Doug brought up that Pella does their their news so or their, their radio station. So that radio station has a variety. But in the Little Hawkeye Conference alone, it has Norwalk, Indianola now, Pella and Pella Christian. And so when we go to Pella, they take me as their color guy and the Pella play-by-play guy. And um, I actually think it's super fun. Um, and I know he really likes it. I think a lot of Pella people like it because, you know, for 25 years, we've kind of been adversaries. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, there was a couple of people who were really genuinely upset with the radio. They got like some, some nasty emails about it though, um, as well. And so I think perspective, but finding, like you guys said, people who care about the game. Yeah. And I do like when it's the, when the students are doing it and every once in a while you'll catch like a story or an insight with one of the kids that they have because you know they're friends or they have a class or they share uh -huh. so you can you can catch some insight every once in a while and so it's like that's that's fun too um and like you said larson when they are taking the job serious like whether they just love the game or they just won't really want to do a nice job or that's something they want to do down the road for their for their yeah. future it is it is fun and yeah have fun with it you know Doug to your point as well I mean you can definitely get excited for your team you know but going full circle I think if you're just excited about the game like that's even better like you know you're gonna get maybe more excited when your team hits a three but if you're excited even like you know Tom to your point if it's a five-point game and it's back and forth and you know, they're, the kids are getting excited about just being in a close game or an important game. Like, it's fun. It's fun to hear those those guys' takes and um, hear what they have to say. And and then to your point, Tony, if, if we can get a score update or, or at least has, have a score too every once in a while. And I've seen a few where we got a volleyball net or something in the way, so I only have half the score. Like, if I could get, if I could get the score, I'm, I'm not asking for too much. You know, Doug got the shot clock, then we get, you know, we, we've been pushing, we've been pushing. Next push. So I just wanted to check out that girls wrestling, the, the finals on Friday night. So I start off, it was like six o'clock before the basketball game was going to start. And I watch in the first like 20 minutes of the program was it, some athletic director of the year for them. This is what I want to get to. Broadcast of the year by high school sports teams. And let's celebrate those people because it feels like we just celebrate, I don't know, just that, Never mind. I probably couldn't have done without saying that other little part, but it just seems like the same types, groups of people are being celebrated. I would love as that because they're really providing a meaningful service for grandparents and so many community members who don't want to drive again. Let's get to where we have a celebration for the best broadcasts you know, for each class. Yeah, that would be good. I'm behind that. I think that would definitely be attainable as well. Any, anything to just continue to press forward and, and make the game more fun and more exciting. I think that goes for the in-game PA guy too. Uh, you know, some, yeah. some people do having an in-game PA guy to kind of explain the situation and what's going on. I'll, I'll give Urbandale credit. We watched the game at Urbandale. Their in-game DJ was killing it. I mean, there was a question, like, boom, up comes the music. Like, it was, I mean, it was good. It, like, kept the energy and kept everything. You know, if there was a quick stoppage or whatever it was, they were all over it. And so hitting the music yeah. and making it fun and just, it just adds, it adds to all of it. I mean, this, the streams are great. Having the, the kids and the announcers on there are great. It just, it just adds to the game, just continues to make it better. Um, one of the things that's also continued to add some excitement around the game is the rankings. And so let's move to the rankings here real quick. Um, big, big night here. Tony, I'm going to start with you because 2A, you guys, uh, you guys got big things coming down the, down the pike here. And so how was, how was the 2A rankings, um, your meetings, and then um, what are you excited for here? Yeah, had our final meeting um before the brackets come out tomorrow, I believe. 
Um, and I, I think everything went pretty well. I think people around the state will be pretty happy with, with the way it all comes out. Um, and I, I think we're going to hold pretty true to what, to what the rankings that we've come up with, um, are when, when these sub-state brackets are released tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see probably by the time you guys are listening to this, you've seen them. Um, and so hopefully it is, it is kind of anticipated and what that you thought was coming. Doug, I know you were a little nervous about these rankings staying true to why we've been doing these and talking about these. And so what do you think? You got a little more insight than some people. Do you think people are going to be all right? I hope so. <laughs> I, I just think with as much as emphasis we put on these rankings this year and the association with coming out with it every year, just for their sake, I hope they stay as true as they can to that top eight because if they haven't, they've kind of lost all credibility in my mind. And I would think with coaches' minds too, um, if they kind of stray from that, um, what they've tried to build here in, in this past year, I think we'll go out the window. So you'll know, obviously, by the time this comes out. But um, I just – I hope they, they have stuck to that. And it sounds like from Chris and, and Tom and Tony that that's kind of what they're, they're, they're shooting for. So – um that's good 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 on the association 3a you guys we got another week yet and so your your rankings you kind of you got a little bit of time to sort a few more things out but you guys are moving ever so close to it as well and so how are things coming at the 3a yeah i think similar um you know and i hope doug you know i think it's interesting what you said i hope that they get to be really proud of themselves too because it is hard work and I don't think anybody sitting here and ever, ever thought that it wasn't. And I, I know all those guys to put together a map and map it all out to get every, to get a great tournament is hard work, but at the same time, it's the right work. And um, that's what I think has been really fun this year. It's rewarded the best teams. And um, ultimately, isn't that what we want? And I will just tell you just in general, it feels to me like the, the, the common fan is pretty uh, in tune with coming into this tournament. I think everybody has a pretty good feel for who the best teams in the state are, which um, I think is going to make it really, really fun. Uh, I'm super excited for the end of this month. Yeah, it'll be, well, we'll get to some of the games of the week, but even just this week and then getting things set for you guys. And then it's, it's all got to play out as we've, as we've said multiple weeks on here too, um, setting things up the best I can, giving, Ideally, the top eight, the best opportunity to remain the top eight. But that's no guarantee. You still got to go out. You still got to win basketball games and find yourself hopefully down in Des Moines and win a few more um, if all things come together. And so, good. Well, good. We'll definitely stay on those and see kind of what happens and what shakes out with the rankings here as we continue to move ever so closer uh, to postseason play. But with that, let's uh, let's move to our spotlight. So we're going through our weekly spot, spotlights, what we saw this week, um, game, player, situation, all the above that you liked, um, wanted to highlight that uh, kind of jumped out to you. And so, Doug, you're in my top corner, so I'm going to start with you. What was your spotlight this week? I had a busy week, actually. Uh, Monday, went up to Des Moines North. Uh, the morning North played Pella. My daughter, two buckets this week. Let's oh, go. baby. Yeah. She, she had four points uh, against Des Moines North. So that was pretty cool. Tuesday, went up and saw my Bondurant Blue Jays 
turbo clock <laughs> the Carroll High Tigers. They, they put on a show. It was nice. And actually, they won the conference that night, too. So um, they impressed me that night. That was, that was, that was good. I was glad to see that. Um, Thursday, Pella Girls played Grinnell um, on the boys, too. But the, the girls actually was a bigger game. And the Pella Girls beat Grinnell. It was the first time they beat them in six years. They had a 13-game losing streak. Um, so that was a big win for, for them. And they probably clinched second place in the Little Hawkeye and probably a top eight seed um, to get their own substate. So that actually was a, a huge win for them. Um, Friday. Great Pella coach Pella there. Okay. What's that? Forsyth, former former uh, Dutch player, uh, led them a couple times to the state tournament. Great coach. He's, he's kind of got it rolling a little bit. He's it's a second year and he's he's just doing things the right way. And the girls have bought it. it. Seriously, he is. It's it's been great. And he's he's treated my daughter with with just unbelievable. And uh, he, he just has something going with those girls. So it's it's pretty cool to see. Um, but then Friday night was Pella Pella Christian. Um, that came down to a last second, 20 last shot. Uh, Pella was down one. Or are they down two, maybe? Can't remember. Um, Trayvon Holland hit a big three-pointer uh, with about 20 seconds left and then iced it with a couple free throws. That atmosphere um, in there was awesome. It was both sides were packed, two huge student sections. Um, so that was fun. And then Saturday, went up to Sioux Falls, watched uh, Western Christian get their butt kicked by uh, number one, Dakota Valley. Um, and Western, they actually lost two games to South Dakota schools this week. So I'm, I'm curious if that hurt them at all. Probably not in the, in the brackets, but um, in the seedings. Tony, did they drop? <laughs> Come on. You'll find out tomorrow. No, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> Just give me a head nod or something. What it, okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, it was a busy week, fun week. Um, a lot of different gyms. So. What time did you get home from that, that adventure? Had been late night. Um, it was that Western game was started at 9:45 last night. I was gonna say you were you were texting the group text way too yeah. late last night. <laughs> and it, it was I think I got back to Sioux City at 12:30 in bed by about two. It was yeah. Why they would start a game at 9:30 at night beyond me, but but Western's good. They're 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 not they don't have the length they've had in the past, but they're tough. They guard. Um, and they, they kind of do a five out dribble drive and they just drive as hard as they can, try to get the cup, couple shooters. They didn't shoot real well last night, but they, they'll, they'll be good. They're, they'll be a contender for sure in two way. Always, always the case there. All right, Tony, what did you see that you liked this week? Uh, headed up to Dunkerton on Thursday night for a big non-conference game in one a, uh, North Lynn came from behind to beat Dunkerton. 60 to 46 uh, the links trailed by seven at halftime and we're down by four after three and then outscored Dunkerton 25 to seven in the fourth quarter to just pull away with it um, forced 21 turnovers in that game which is not an easy thing to do against an all-state point guard but the the constant pressure that Northland just throws at you is is too much to overcome um, Ty Flughopped had uh, 23 points and five blocks for the links and uh their sophomore point guard, Mason Beshin, had 16, um, played really well in the second half. It sounded like uh, sounded like Mike Helmer got after him a little bit at halftime, and and he came out fired up and and helped lead Northland to a pretty impressive win. Um, I know some of you probably saw the stat after after that game, but 
in their last 208 games now. Northland is 201 and seven, which is just mind blowing. Uh, three of those losses in state championship games. It's just, just wild. And we were talking a little bit off air too that obviously it's a system thing in the way in which that Northland plays, but it's also you have to have the kids. And it sounds like it's not drying dry up anytime soon, huh, Tony? No, it's uh, they'll bring seven of their top nine scorers back next year. Huh. And sounds like they've got uh, some really good youth programs coming up too. So no end in sight for the Northland Lynx. Jeez, it's been uh, an impressive run, obviously, as uh, as you said. Then Dunkerton turned around and got a nice win, though, uh, over on the weekend, right? Yep. Did they beat a good, beat a good 2A Hudson team on okay. Saturday. Yep. Sorry, I just wanted to connect the dot. Mike Hilmer, I do not know him that well, but um, my good buddy Aaron Thomas speaks the world of him. I just want to keep reiterating these things. Culture people. It all starts first with culture. Take care of that, and then the wins and losses come. Sorry, so, so sorry to interrupt you, Tony. No, that, uh, that was good. Yeah, the, the Hilmer podcast, I think actually, I should look, but I think is our most popular podcast, if you can believe that or not, not the most listens, and sitting and talking with him, and like you said, that culture and those things that, yeah, it doesn't start in November, and it's the, the hanging out and uh, building those relationships long before you have to tip it up or – find yourself in a state championship game is is where it all it matters and it gets done and and Tony I know we talked a little bit about it too but the those kids in that community and development do running the system from about second grade on uh there's it's, it's not up for debate on what you're going to do and how you're going to play basketball and so that seems to be seems to be going well uh, again like we talked about earlier you find your fit and what works and makes sense for for you your your culture and your your team and and successful follow tom what did you see this week uh big week up there in northwest iowa what did uh what did you see that you liked well i will tell you this it was a big bad week for the east high black raiders you know east uh it was it was going to be a big week for them because i know that uh you know with for a uh you know, seedings, everything coming up, and East was undefeated coming into the week. Uh, they lost a tough – the boys lost a tough one in overtime on Monday to Sergeant Bluff Luton down there. And then on Tuesday had to go down and play one of – maybe one of the Midwest's best teams in Bellevue West and lost that one 71-40. So – and then uh, came back on Friday against a Council Bluff's Abraham Lincoln team and were trailing a lot of that game and, but did sneak out the win. So it was, it was a tough week for the Black Raiders up here. I'm not sure how their rankings – ended up but uh i guess we'll find that out tomorrow and then uh uh but i think the best game i saw this week uh friday night healing girls sergeant bluff luton girls packed house uh sergeant bluff luton girls had knocked off east high on monday and uh they led that game for probably oh gosh 28 to 29 of 32 minutes and uh, the one thing I'll, that I took away from that game, number one, it was a great game. Two really talented teams, Coach Joe Hardy at SBL and Darren Coolstreet Healing, great job. But I think what I noticed was the, the end of game management by both teams. And I think you maybe see this a little bit more in girls than you do in boys, because sometimes girls don't have as many competitive games as guys do, that it was almost like neither team wanted to make, they, they kept making plays like uh, we don't want to win it so we're going to turn it over here and they, it was almost like they couldn't manage the last two minutes uh whether it was 
just kind of the, some of the decision-making. And I think so much of that goes, you can practice it all you want, but unless you've been through it in a game, uh, it's hard to, you can't simulate that in practice. And I think that was kind of the, we talked about it on the radio that night that it was just, both teams had so many opportunities to win that game in the last two minutes. And uh, it was just like, they neither one had been in those situations enough. So that was just kind of my take on that game. And then Saturday, I know the game you talked, wanted me to watch was dialing girls and east girls and that was not a competitive game <laughs> i saw that yeah that score got out of hand quick yes it did to your so to your point with the with the girls side of uh game management we'll slash a little bit of iq with that um, and, and, and i don't think it's necessary i don't want to i don't want to i'm not trying to put down the girls game at all no because they're smart girls but what i've noticed in girls at least up here it's it's kind of the haves and have-nots you're either really good or you're not I mean you don't you don't see a lot of eight point games I mean it seems like it's either a you know a two-point game or a it's a running clock yeah and so I don't think they get put in those situations as many times no I, I would agree with that I, I think there's definitely a big gap um, between like you said the haves and have-nots but I also think one of the biggest difference with the girls comparing to the boys is that um, the, the girls tend to watch a lot less basketball. And so yeah. the boys will tend to emulate what they've seen on TV or what they saw at the Iowa game or the Iowa state game where the girls, it's, it's like a new situation for them and they haven't seen this. And so trying to communicate every little detail yeah. because, and they'll do it. They're great listeners. They want to execute. They just, it is, it's a new situation for them. And to your right. point, if they haven't been in it, um you know it's not and then you throw the shot clock and you throw the situation and all the moving parts that are going on and so yeah it, it it makes a huge difference and then when you see a team who handles it you're just like oh wow right like, it's just so different um than what we've seen others do and so that's interesting and then a good takeaway as well i was just gonna say you said shot clock a couple different times that the shot clock has made a huge difference in a bunch of games that I've watched um, and with all these comebacks too, but that in the Pella Pella Christian game on Friday, it 100% made a difference because PC was up, I think nine in the fourth quarter and they couldn't stall it out. And with two minutes left, it was like a six point game. And normally that it's over it, you know, in the, in the past you're fouling, shooting free throws, but it 100% made a difference um, because they had to keep playing and um, it, it just I just think it's been such a huge addition to the game but uh, yeah shot clock is is legitimate well and I think we'll see that get better too I mean obviously in its first year kind of figuring out situations with the clock and how to handle things uh, how to be able to execute a little bit more in the half court I think that's a, a trial and error thing too where some people some coaches are going to kind of maybe adapt or adjust some philosophy after going through a full year yeah that worked or no it didn't work and, and make some adjustments so it'll be fun to it'll be fun to follow this time a year from now to talk a little bit more about what we've seen too and and how um it's become a little bit more of an afterthought because teams are getting more used to it or not um only time will tell all right larson what did uh what did you get a chance to, to take in and watch this week that you liked <laughs> I didn't take in much this week. I'm not going to lie. Water and a couple Gatorades. That's about all I took in. But um, from a, we digress. The uh, 
funny part is, do you guys know Doug has a sweatshirt that actually just says shot clock on it? In case you didn't know he's a fan of it, he actually has a sweatshirt that says shot clock. And he just wears it around. So um, couldn't agree more, though. It's going to be think how fun these games are going to be um, down the stretch and like at the state tournament when somebody's hitting a buzzer beater to end a shot clock. I mean, you know, it just it adds so much more excitement. Couldn't agree more. Um, two games I just wanted to point out that I thought were big in, in terms of some uh, 3A things that I've been paying attention to. One on Tuesday, North Polk winner set. North Polk was up 20. Winner set came back to win that game. I'm going to tell you guys, speaking of great culture builders, keep an eye on this winter set team. Um, they are the team. No one, they're not going to be ranked. They're not going to, but I promise you, they're going to be one of those teams that everybody, the first thing that in central and three, a brackets are going to be, did I stay away from winter set? Cause no one wants them in their bracket. They are a tough team to beat. Um, Dinkla is one of the better guards I would say in three. And he's just an explosive player. And talk about a place where they all play hard and smart. Um, You know, it's very similar. That was game number one. Game number two that I was paying attention to on Friday night was Webster City played Humboldt in that rematch uh, the first time. And, you know, you kind of thought maybe Humboldt, this was a chance for them to to really kind of step up with those other two teams. And um, Webster City absolutely took it to them, beat them by 20. And uh, so... I don't know, Webster City, I think we just got to continue to uh, to appreciate their 15-1. and one. Now, coming up this week, they're going to have their big rematch of their one loss against Clear Lake uh, on Friday. They also play Algona next week and Boone, who I know you may say, but that's a sneaky, interesting game to me as well, just to see like, um, what the score differential is in that one. You know, they should beat Boone, you would think. Um, but Boone's been playing teams in the Raccoon Real, River really tough. So um, those are just a couple of my observations. There's also been some really great foray shifting going on. Really great game in the Ankeny rivalry last week, which was uh, always, always a fun one. Uh, those two teams as well are really hovering um, the Ankeny schools, I would say, you know, as uh, as foray brackets come out in central Iowa because uh, – I think on any given night, both those teams could beat just about anybody. Well, and the way Valley's playing right now, too. Absolutely. Well, I consider Valley, Waukee, and Northwest kind of in their own league. Yeah, Kennedy. Those, I mean, Valley. Yeah, obviously Kennedy, too. Yeah, the way that they're playing. And then, yeah, you throw in a couple of those Ankeny schools hovering around. 4A will be be interesting. It, It feels like. Yeah, outside of that top four is, you well, know, well, Kinger, Kingery back now. And, you know, they had a nice yeah. week. I mean, he had – it sounded like the explosiveness was a little more back on Friday at a couple dunks, um, 20, 25, whatever he ended up with. And so they, – They went on quite a run. That was like a 40 to 13 run on DCG, um, which, you know, and I think people forget like DCG beat Johnston early. Those are good wins. I, I think it would be really interesting if, like, the, the you know, obviously Indianola and Norwalk end up in a similar bracket with, like, Centennial or Ankeny. Those are going to be some real, real dogfights. Yeah, that one will be that one will be fun to just to see where everyone shakes out and yeah. and the matchups. I mean, the rankings again. That doesn't feel like it matters quite as much because um, mm-hmm. you just got to go out and win some tough games uh, to get yeah. through that that foray. And so, 
Well, good. All right. So my spotlight of the week is going to go more so to a specific player. And that um, is one of Algona Garrigan's standout uh, girls, Audie Crooks. I'm sure at some point now you guys have seen this, but uh, senior night on Friday in which I believe they played Wes Hancock, who, um, you know, not not the best program currently, but uh, an opportunity for them to recognize a wonderful career from a lot of those girls. And uh, Audie went ahead and sang the national anthem uh, leading up to the game and then proceeded to go out and drop a 50 ball, 50 ball on them. Um, and so it was and shot 76% while doing it, I believe is what it was. Um, and so it was one of those things too. I know they were one by one getting the seniors out to get their ovation. And then they're like, Hey, Audie's got 44. Hey, she's got 46. Hey, let's leave her in. And she got 50 and then took her out and kind of the whole kind of put a bow on things for them. Um, and so that was cool. It's cool to see it. She's a, a, a player that obviously has been in the spotlight since a young age, but I think speaking to the ability to sing the national anthem before and to play volleyball and to do all the fun things that she gets an opportunity to do, um, throw shot um, in a small town and, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity and, and her abilities and, you know, not getting hung up on yeah, I'm going to Iowa State to play basketball. And so that's, it was cool to see. Tom, you got something to add? I was just going to say, so uh, I got a chance to meet her this fall at a uh, music festival at Helan. And uh, when I was a senior at Helan, back in the old, old days, uh, we played Fort Dodge in the sub-state final. Her dad, Jimmy Crooks, and I hooked it up. Oh, really? And, yeah, and, and her dad, Jimmy, then went to Mankato State. I was at Morningside, but we played AAU ball together back when AAU was not that popular. And, it, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that had – unfortunately, Jimmy, Jimmy died about a year ago, passed away. Right. And uh, But he had a personality bigger than the gym. Uh, I mean, just a big, gentle giant. And uh, you can see so many of his traits in his daughter. And so I had a, had a chance to have a really nice talk to, with her about her dad and and uh, she's just a wonderful young kid. Yeah, she she really is. I mean, it's something, like I said, from a young age, kind of bursting on the scene, and she's just run with it. Because, yeah. like I said, most people who've watched a game of basketball at all across the state know who she is by this point. Um, and so just super neat to be able to see her and, and continued success. And we'll get, uh, might come up again here on the pod in just a little bit when we get to, uh, get to game of the weeks and what's coming uh, for the bears here down the, down the stretch this week. But before we do that, uh, Tony, I want to hear what we got, uh, Monaco minute from you. Um, who are we thinking to keep an eye on? That's maybe flying a little bit under the radar that, uh, we should uh, take a closer look at. This week, I've got a guy who's probably not overlooked by by Doug and Chris and people down in Little Hawkeye country, uh, but is overlooked around the state, and that's a junior point guard from Pella Christian, Tyson DeVries, um, who's quickly become one of my favorite players in the state to watch. You know, he's he's tiny. He's listed at like 5'8", but he is tough as hell, and he... Um, just looks to attack the rim relentlessly and just constantly puts pressure on opposing teams on both ends of the floor. Um, I think he's a he's just an all-around winning player who's going to make some college program pretty happy in the next couple of years. Um, so Tyson DeVries from Pella Christian. 
Anything to add, Doug? You like it? You're yeah. nodding your head. I agree 100. He's a he's a what's your stir that straws a drink, uh, Tommy? <laughs> Is that the yeah? yeah he he, uh, he goes. I believe it's, it's called a straw, Doug. Straw, a straw, straw that stirs a drink. There you go. Yeah, there you go, Daryl <laughs> Strawberry. We're stir we're stirring it, but um, yeah, I agree 100. He's uh, he's he's a, he's a nice little player. Yeah, a tough kid. That's a, a good one there. We we actually, I'll add something to it. We actually have, uh, every time he plays, uh, we have an over-under how many times he ends up on the floor. Because he, yeah, yeah. when he drives, he's on the floor. Or he's diving after a ball. Or he takes a charge. Or he takes a block and he's on the floor. He's just kind of that kid who's just all over the place. So, um, yeah, Tyson's, uh, and he's a super kid, super nice kid, too. There you go. You're watching the live stream. You got your drinking game then. Every time he hits the floor, you got to take a drink. So, <laughs> if people right. are drinking to high school games, we got we got issues. <laughs> hey, you never know what's going on out there, Dad. Come on now. This is true. Friday night, just sit back, you know, like yourself, have three, four screens up, watching as many games as possible. So, let's go. That's right. Got to enjoy it. Um, well, let's do that. Let's uh, let's talk game of the week then. What uh, what are we pulling the the streams up for going out to to get taken? Um, we'll go same order here, Doug. Starting back up with you. Then what do you got this week for your game of the week? I actually am gonna pass on my game of the week. I'm actually hold on. Going... You've never passed a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. So it's the first time, Tom. I'm actually on Friday going to a fundraiser for my daughter's home. We've actually adopted five kids from Sierra Leone and three of them have special needs. And on Friday, one of them now lives in a, a home for adults with special needs and a family in Pella started this, this uh, organization and built this house called Forward with Faith. And on Friday, they're having a dessert bash. So um, as my other daughter and son will be playing DCG, um, I'll be at the fundraiser raising money for her home. So um, that's where I'll be on Friday. It's awesome. That's great. So yeah, my that's, one pass, and that's where I'm going. That's a good one. I like to. I like the sound of that. Well, we'll have to go. I, I want to hear what the there. best dessert yeah. is the next week, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, unbelievable. It is unbelievable, Dave. Hey, okay, I'm going to throw on an idea. Right. I'm a fundraiser. Okay. I'm a fundraiser. Why don't we why don't we share the link to this uh, organization on our Shooter Touch website? And if anybody wants to make a donation, they can go to it. We can do That'd that. That'd be awesome. Doug, yeah. That. Let's do it. We'll it would raise it a couple nickels. That's right. Absolutely. Well, uh, Thanks, Tommy. put it out there and see what uh, see what we can can get going for you. That's uh, that's the best game of the week right there, Doug. All right, Tony, what do you got? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, several several notable ones this week. Uh, Tuesday night, we got Grandview going up to Applington Parkersburg. Friday night, uh, Cedar Falls at Senior. But the big one for me is Saturday afternoon. Uh, Kennedy is traveling over to West Des Moines to play Valley. Uh, huge, huge game for, for postseason stuff coming up um, next week. Uh, if, if Kennedy wins that, it will have an impact on, on Waukee. Waukee Northwest, um, you know, if everything, if everything holds serve and 
all four of those teams make it to state, that would probably mean Waukee and Northwest would meet in the semifinals instead of uh, instead of the state championship. So I'm guessing the the folks of Waukee will be cheering for Valley on Saturday. Um, so that's a big one, big one to keep an eye on. Tony, I heard a rumor that uh, Kennedy switched their schedule for the week uh, on that game. Is that true? Have you heard anything about that? I have not. I heard that they moved their Friday game to Thursday. Oh, that's possible. Yeah, I haven't seen. Which is fine. I mean, no, no big deal. It's a huge game. That's and a huge game. Huge. Yeah. It, it, it kind of makes it fun, though. I will tell you, it's just when I heard that, it was just the touch of how huge these regular season games are becoming because they know it can impact the seedings for state tournament, directly impact that. Makes it fun. Jim, that'll be fun on Saturday. Uh, so, Tony, you are planning on coming over to that one? I am going to try my best to make it over there for that, yeah. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a fun one. Hopefully the, the the Kennedy crowd travels as well. And, yeah, that'll be something that's – it's been a while since I've seen the the top level of the Valley Gym open, so maybe they'll have that all open. I would assume, and yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. Well, good. Those are those are good ones. Tom, what do you got? What are you looking forward to this coming well, week? Uh, there's a big rivalry game this week. This week, I don't think it has any implications, but Sioux Central, Newell Fonda. Sioux Central's undefeated, 19 and 0. Newell Fonda, 14 and 3. There, that's a big. That's a that's a big rivalry up there in. Uh, um, so that that is at uh, Sioux Central this week, and then two teams that have two big games this week. Uh, Clear Lake's got Humboldt and Webster City. Uh, said so, because there's still a lot of jockeying in this 3A deal. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on. So Clear Lake has Humboldt and Webster City this week. Healan's got Unity and Abraham Lincoln Council Bluffs this week. Both, I think those two teams have got a lot on the line. So we'll see what, uh, see what happens. Yeah. That's a big week. I didn't realize that clear Lake had both those, um, two this week. That is going to be a tester there and things will yeah. definitely on the line from a seating standpoint, depending on what you're able to do Correct. in both those matchups. So good. Well, all eyes uh, on North central Iowa with that one. Larson, what about you? What are you excited about? None. I was going to go back. Fun little fact. It probably some of the greatest, the greatest atmospheres ever had. We played DCG at Valley in 19 to go to state. And uh, that place, it was packed to the rim and it was the most insane. From what I heard, it was rad. The line was wrapped all around the school. Um, those make for a great environment. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's probably not going to be the craziest environment of the week, though, because on Tuesday night, Valley travels to probably the same greatest spot, I would say, in terms of atmosphere for, for me, to Waukee High School. And Valley at Waukee on Tuesday night, I think, obviously, I, I from a basketball level, that, that uh, Kennedy game might be a little bigger. But because of the location, I think on Tuesday night, that, that will be an insane game. And talk about laying the foundation. Valley has kind of their season right out in front of them, I would say. With, with the two huge games that they have this week. And I think what's nice is they've played themselves into a point uh, where I think it can only help them, right? I think everybody kind of thinks they're the fourth of the big four teams. They get a chance to prove, no, we're part of the big four. If they don't, I still think everyone will think, ah, they're, they're still the top three then, Valley and everybody else. It's kind of just my take on that. So two huge games. Uh, 
Uh, I was with Tony though on the on the second one as well. So I'm just going to talk about the Valley Tigers and the huge huge week have coming up. There'll also be a big one in Norwalk on Tuesday. Uh, Newton, who uh, you know a top five team in 3A, traveling to Norwalk, who's you know moving up six, seven, eight in uh, in 4A. So uh, huge huge game there uh, as well. And then my final big game was. We we kind of already talked about Webster City and Clear Lake on Friday night. Yeah, that'll be that uh, that Waukee matchup. That'll be interesting. And to your point too, with Valley, it feels like because they're so young, they're maybe a year early uh, from expectations, and so they could just find themselves kind of hovering, you know, down the board a little bit from these obviously senior-led teams that are in front of them. And so, yeah, it'll be a big week for them. Like you said, season's right out in front of Sometimes them. Sometimes that can play to your advantage though, too, you oh. know, when you're too too young and dumb to know the difference. Yep, absolutely. Right? Bringing up Waukee, I can't believe we haven't talked about it. So we had a broken backboard um, there on Friday night and it, it was not Omaha that uh, broke the backboard, which is, is kind of interesting, but uh Come to find out, I, I heard somebody we were talking about it Saturday morning. Someone said that that might be um, his second backboard of the year. Have we heard any other rumors to that? I didn't, I missed the other one, but someone said that uh, um, it's it's Pfeffer. Oh, how do you say who? It's the big kid, right? You got me on that. I think it's Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. I think you're right. And yeah, they said that that hits his second backboard, and obviously the, the AD was not pleased, and they had to move everybody into the other gym i believe that game was over or almost over but then the whole, obviously all the fans weren't able to fit in the auxiliary gym and and i know talking with a few parents because obviously they were playing johnston they girl parents who were like yeah it's a good time for us to leave and so i know some people had left but uh it didn't look i don't know if you guys saw the highlight i mean it, it was just a lot just passed i i, just I believe. yeah and i saw the highlight of the dunk it didn't look I mean, it wasn't anything that he really hung on it. It just kind of went up and caught one and, you know, dunked it from the side and that thing spidered out pretty quick. And so uh, interesting, interesting deal there. Obviously they'll have that done and ready and taken care of by, uh, by Tuesday when the Tigers come across, but uh, big week, big week for Valley. That's for sure. So uh, my game of the week, I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but uh, Garrigan actually travels on the girls' side. Um, the the Garrigan Bears travel to Dyke New Hartford to um, take on a really good 2A team in, in Dyke New Hartford at their place. And so that'll be a matchup uh, that will be interesting to see where everybody's at. It'll be um, one for Garrigan to kind of figure out exactly where they're at here before going into postseason play against a team that's a class above them and uh and then for dyke to kind of figure out too what, the, what where they're at and what they're going to need to do and so tuesday at dyke that'll be uh that'll be a fun one to see just kind of where everybody's at and, and what we think and and get an opportunity to challenge them and so that is my one and only game that i have highlighted this week on the girls side doug we're getting deep in this now 3a pick your Jays got a conference title. Um, they are still sitting there unbeaten. What do we think? Are we got, we keep talking about how we have 18, 18, 19, I don't know, teams in the mix to win this 3A title. And yep, for six weeks, seven weeks in a row, you've been talking about these Blue Jays. What do you think? 
uh, I was getting a little nervous actually. Um, but then when I saw them on Tuesday, they had turbo clock on, uh, against Carroll high. And I think they did it again against, against Gilbert. So my blue Jays are hitting their stride. So, uh, I got to roll with them. They're 17 and 0. Don't forget guys too. I missed that one. They play North Polk this Tuesday as well. So that's a big game this week as well. My fault, Blue Jays. I think so. You know what? I think sometimes when you keep winning, we take it for granted, you know, and everyone's like, oh, maybe that, you know what? They're having a hell of a season and uh, they've had a really good team. This has been their team coming up. Uh, it might just be their year, Doug. We'll see. We'll see. The pressure's going to be on them. Of it, sticking, staying with the Jays. We'll see once these pairings finally come out, uh, and Doug really gets an opportunity to overanalyze some of the teams in the in the region if uh, if he if he stays on that bandwagon or not. You know, right. you know, I will say what, and I I, I will guess Bondurant will not want to see Winterset or Pella because Pella's kind of been a thorn in their side beat them last year and Winterset has been right there too. So I, I I'm guessing the blue Jays won't want to see either one of those teams, but I'll bet they'll see one of them just from past kind of how they set those up, but we'll see. You gotta win. Gotta win. Who's in front of you. So well, good. That'll be fun to, fun to keep an eye on Tom. What do we got for a shout out this week? Who, who are you shouting out? Shouting out. I'm shouting out uh, John Henry. John Henry, head coach of William Penn, yeah. his 500th win this week. I mean, that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that is awesome. I saw that come through. So 500, 500 wins, been obviously doing it a while, but uh, winning a lot of games every year. So 500 is a good number. Yep. And then I, can I, I add, dude too. Can I add one more? Absolutely. I've seen this team play twice this year. Council Bluffs, Thomas Jefferson, girls. They're two and 17. Uh, what they lack in basketball talent, they make up in positivity from their coaching staff to the girls that are out there playing. And I've seen them twice against the healing girls. Uh, they don't quit. It can, I'm sure that it's gotta be a long season for them. I'm sure there's teams similar to them out there. And so my shout outs to the TJ girls and all those teams that are maybe struggling this year, but keep the pause, keeping the positive attitude and keeping the, Seeing what you know, valuing what the experience is really about. It's about that team and and your the friendships and all that stuff. So shout out to those so to those ladies for staying positive. Very good, love that. That's a, a very good shout out. Thank you, Tom. All right, Uncle Larson, we've uh, been missing this. We need some story time. What uh, what topic do you have that's on your mind that you would like to to spend a few minutes talking a little bit more about? I, it's crazy. Uh, Coach Betts, like, we are, like, locked in tonight. That is exactly where I was going. Um, so on Friday night, uh, Coach Brandon Sharp for, for Grinnell Tigers, um, his dad, Scott Sharp, had been there forever, good friend of mine. Um, we They played Norwalk, and I was homesick, but I was catching the, the you know, first half probably was what I was thinking. They came out and executed their game plan so well. They were up 12 to 11 at the end of the first quarter. Norwalk came out and, I mean, they, they ran away with it after that. But um, what I was actually going to say is uh, how much I appreciate all those coaches out there. So if you're one of those coaches, you're like, golly, never talk about our team. Don't think it doesn't go noticed by your community 
or by the people that know, you know what I mean? Know what good basketball looks like. Cause some years you just don't have the talent, but that doesn't mean that, that those people aren't working just as hard. And uh, so my challenge is for you out there, if you hear this and either your coach that's having a good, you know, a good year or you living in a community, share that with somebody who it's a grind for four months. I don't care if you're winning, losing, or somewhere in the middle, it is a grind. So, um, and if you're a player or a parent who happened to be listening, challenge your kid to just keep playing hard. Because uh, I always think this time of year, and probably why me and Coach Betts were on the same page, is this time of year, it gets a little stale. But then in like six weeks, you won't be playing and you'd be dying to have the opportunity that you're going to have Tuesday or Friday this week. So, no, no give up. I don't care what your record is. No give up. And a shout out to all those coaches who, who are grinding right now. So uh, good work out of Coach Sharps and uh, good work out of Coach Betts. He, he was on the same wavelength as me. Boom, boom. <laughs> there you go. It's like we've been doing this long enough or something that we kind of starting to figure everything out. And so that's great. Great information. Great insight for everybody. Hopefully there was some fun that you've had, some insights that you've taken from this podcast. And if not, just stick with us. Just stick with the grind. <laughs> We're gonna, there's going to be. There's going to be something fun at some point if you, or you're going to get some information that you didn't have. Just, just stick with us. Like we'll, we'll stick with you as well. So we appreciate you listening. Uh, as always, shoot or shoot.